podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Yes, and welcome back to Cricket Unfiltered. Welcome to those watching live on YouTube. I'm, of course, your co-host, Menas. I'm joined by my regular offsider, Paul Dennett. Paul, how are you? G'day, Menas. G'day, everyone. Very happy. Spring is here. Uh, for those of you who are insistent on saying that it starts on the, um, the equinox or whatever, no, in Australia, it starts on the 1st of September. It's here. Mm, good. My, uh, Paul, I forgot to tell you, can you turn your mic down a little bit uh, while sure. I introduce our guest? I meant to say that after the last show. Now, yes, I meant to do that as well. Now, on the last show, I told a lovely story about I started the Australian Cricket Podcast. I thought I'd cornered the fucking market. And then oh, a few weeks later, can't bowl, can't throw starts. And all of a sudden, <laughs> I've got some stiff competition. So it's only taken me nine years, but I've, I've swallowed my pride and I've reached out. And firstly, we have Kat Jones from Can't Bowl, Can't Throw. Welcome. Hello, lovely to be with you, Menace. So I'm surprised we haven't podcasted together before. It seems unusual, but anyway. It's because, like, for the first three years, all I did was like rubbish you to my co-host Macca. <laughs> you have so many different names, and 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 joining us as well is Kat's co-host Dan Liebke. Dan, author, Hello. cricket writer, welcome. Hello. Thanks for coming on the show. No, glad to be here. Um, so, Can't Ball Country started with uh, Dennis. Friedman, mm-hmm. who's now in hiding from the Indian Secret Service. Um, <laughs> thoughts and prayers with Dennis. Um, yeah. I didn't ask him on because I didn't want, like, the Secret Service after me as well. No, um, exactly. That's, and we would have had to put that voice changer over him as well. So. Menas, you would yeah. love the attention. You would love the attention. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, and, and then I was thinking of, like, you know, cricket podcast romances and uh like cat and dan I, you're not the only ones like i don't know really you, know. So you, and you, you and paul congratulations Apart from thank me you and thank paul, you. So you did you two meet through the podcast yeah pretty much i, I like, guess so yeah yeah we've both been on twitter and uh chatted back and forth but uh the, the podcast was where we first got a chance to speak to one another and then i um then I left the podcast about three months later and left her with Dennis for a few years. Yeah, that was really romantic. He left me with Dennis. It was it was glorious. That's <laughs> um, so really nice. So, and how long have you been together? Well, how, how long? You said it was nine years, right? Yeah. Nine years. Well, mm. when did when did you start your podcast? Nine if years. we were about yeah, the no, same time, yeah, right. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Well. Wow. And then there's another couple, Tasmin Samakan and Adam. So he's a New Zealand cricket podcaster. Ah, yep. And Tasneem has been on this show and many others. And then our marriage, I just messaged you yesterday because I wanted to make sure they hadn't split up yet before I brought it up on the show. <laughs> um, but they haven't split up. They've just been on their honeymoon in Lake Como. Yeah, well, we- that would be a little quick if they had then. Yeah. Well. I mean, we, we actually met Taz uh, last uh, last time we were in yeah. England so on the yeah. 2019 Ashes. So we bumped into her and had a few drinks with her. Yep. So, um, yeah, cricket podcasts, you know, bringing people together, you know. Some people <laughs> use Tinder or Hinge, but start a cricket podcast, you yeah. know. Yeah. Much more efficient. Definitely. And we are actually in the same house, by the way, after nine years. We are in the same house. We're just going to prove it now. I'm just going to put my hand. So for those listening on the podcast, they're kissing. They're in bed. Uh, <laughs> Paul and I are in yeah. bed. Cat and Dan are in bed. It's very sweet. 
Yeah. Paul looks like Paul looks like he's in an underground toilet of some kind. I think he's in Dennis's <laughs> secret lair. <laughs> I think it's because I'm crouching because the um, yeah, the the heights don't match up. <clears throat> all right, so look, we better get on to the cricket talk. Um, one of our listeners, Jack, won't be happy with all that small talk. Um, Jaleesa is not here this week. Um, yeah, one of our listeners wrote to us and wasn't happy with Jaleesa. She's taken it pretty much to heart and is not on the show again. This listener has written in and apologised and backtracked. Um, so all should be well, but we're hoping to get Jaleesa back on the show soon. Since um, when do podcast hosts care what their their listeners think? Do you I'm get impressed. hate mail? Do you get much hate mail? <laughs> no, we, we forward it to Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> And I should speak up for Jaleesa. She demonstrably didn't care. She's very, very relaxed about yeah. these sorts of things, yeah. Menace. So don't, don't make up nonsense. Yeah. Um, she, 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 hopefully she'll be back next week if she gets over it. And if not, she'll uh, send you a hate mail letter, Menace. Yes, I'll be getting some text messages after this. Uh, yeah. Well, let's get into a lot to get through. Lots of cricket news. The World Cup squad was announced today. There is a riveting series going on with against Zimbabwe that's just capturing the nation's hearts as we speak. And also there's a new cricket term, which I'm a big fan of. Um, so a lot to get through. Let's get into the cricket headlines brought to you by Piccolo Podcasts. Um, so the World Cup squad was announced today. Big news. Mitchell Swepson was left out of the squad that won the World Cup and Tim David has been included. Apart from that, it's the same squad that won the World Cup late last year in the UAE. I guess uh, I'll start with our guest, Dan. Dan, what did you think of the squad? I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the squad. Uh, I, yeah, I'm, I, I have Tim David fever. I've had Tim David fever for a while now, so I'm very glad to see him in there. Uh, yeah, and uh, the rest of it, nah, they'll be fine. They, they won last year. They'll win again this year at home. Why not? <laughs> Kat, what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm just disappointed they, they picked Finch. I mean, really? <laughs> <laughs> no, any, cool. any squad with Pat Cummins and Glenn Maxwell is perfect, in my opinion. Paul, what do you think? What would you? What changes would you have made if you were the selector? I want to start by saying I'm pretty happy with it as well. And God, you know, I've had so many hating squads in the past. Back when they used to open with Marsh and Taylor, I still haven't got over that. Um, the fact that I, I kind of probably Finch is the only one that I would question, and I don't think it's. A, I don't think he's a terrible selection. I think he's probably just not in the top eight or nine batters in Australia anymore. I'd have him in our second side. I don't, I don't mean that. Disparagingly, um, that I is just very think disparaging, that... Paul. <laughs> I mean, it is disparaging. That's why I said I don't mean it disparagingly because I thought it did sound disparaging, but it wasn't meant to be. Um, I just think that they overplay the the, the um, how important the captain is, and that um, yeah. you just pick your best batters, uh, and also how important the specialisation of being an opener is. Um, I've written in the notes that they regard being an opener as the most sacrosanct, important thing, and. But all you've got to do to be an opener is declare that you're an opener. And then once you start opening the batting, everyone's calm with it. Um, so I'll be more than happy for Finch to come and dominate the World Cup and, and win it for Australia. And it's not entirely impossible. And I'd be cheering for him if he does. But if I was being honest, I don't think I could find a spot for him anymore. Yep, agree. Um, who do you think Tim David is threatening most in the 11? Oh, what a question. That is, he's, he's the first player they've got to pick in the 11. That's a, like. Good. You're talking, I'm a convert, and I know, I know. 
He's the best T20 player. All he said, all he said to do to force himself into the Australian side is be the best T20 player on earth. Um, <laughs> Jesus, not much. But your your question is well founded because they're just as likely to say, "Oh, you know, we'll leave him on the bench or pick him and bat him at number seven. He'll get to come out in the nineteenth over and um, swing a few. So they're going to pick him and bat him high enough to give him a chance. Yeah, I, I think uh, he's, he's pro- I mean, there's about a thousand all rounders they've got in there. They could probably ditch one of them. I'd, I'd be happy for Stoinis to to go and Tim David to take his spot. I, I, I do see a spot for Steve Smith in the T20 side, just. Uh, but, um, I, yeah, I, I'd have uh, Tim David taking Stoinis' spot personally. Mm. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. Um, but what you said, Paul, is really it should be Finch's spot. Smith should go and yeah. open with um, Warner and um, David Stoinis and Maxwell all play. You know, you know what I'd do? I'd, I'd... I'd open with um, David and Maxwell. That'd scare them. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that's that's uh, heard... fabulous. Great idea. <laughs> for the, for those yeah. that don't do mu- know, know much about Tim David, who haven't caught the fever like Dan over there, <laughs> um, he has played international cricket before for Singapore. So he's, he's actually already got a T20 international average of a lazy 46.5 with a a slow strike rate of 158.52. So this is it. When he Is that bigger than Maxwell, though? Yes, yes, it is. So I looked it up. (laughs) When he first gets a cap, he will have the highest strike rate in the Australian team. He's Mm. got the 10th highest strike rate of all time, and he's got the record for the most catches in an inning. So he'll just, like, walk in there and own the dressing room. And for people who say, oh, yeah, but he was playing for Singapore, there were probably a few, um, you know, cheap matches that he played against there to get that record. His overall T20 record, his strike rate's 164 when you exclude the internationals. So, you know, he's got he's got a very similar average to Maxwell, but a far better strike rate. And Maxwell is the best. So, yeah, Tim David, he's genuinely a match winner. Um, I'm so excited that he's in the side. Yeah, in the last IPL, right, he, he had a strike rate above 200, I think, for yeah. the... Theory, mm. so, yes, he's uh, he's handy. Mm. So, look, if you're Aaron Finch and you're listening to Cricket Unfiltered, I know you're a little listening. This is about when I would just switch off because Mad Manners <laughs> is going to arc up. So, I'm going to play this audio and then just just imagine me listening to this and wanting to throw every electronic device out the window. Have a listen um, to this today. This is Aaron Finch's lame excuse for another failure. Just trying to work out my, my footwork pattern. That, like most players, the first 10 balls are your most vulnerable uh, in any innings that you play. So it's just continuing to make sure that they're, I'm starting my innings in the right way and I can, I'm just getting a little bit planted on my front foot. He sounds like a fucking politician giving excuses mm. for not scoring runs. And he's done it like 10 times. The media manager say, shut up about your footwork. People don't care. People, what they care about is you scoring runs. And I'm sick of that. He sounds like Scott Morrison. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Shut up. We don't want to hear it. <laughs> That's like me saying, is, oh, yeah, I'm is. not scoring runs for Australia because my footwork's a bit slow. Yeah, we know, man. It's you fucking hopeless. Yeah, he's a good player. The problem is... <laughs> At some stage, they're going to keep on giving him chances. He will come good. And then you're going to sound like a fool for having said that. He has to come good eventually. He's never being dropped. I mean, he, he could have been dropped a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. He, he's never. He's never being dropped. So and to be fair eventually. to him, his overall record is still superb. Yeah. It's, just, it's just that he's tapered off a little bit now. Yeah, but he's been tapering off for like a couple of years, right? He, he was he was pretty hopeless leading into what was it, the 2019 World Cup and he came sort of good there. And then, uh, then he taped it off again. So maybe he'll come. Maybe he's just a World Cup specialist now. 
Yeah. I mean, he's a likable <laughs> guy, really likable yeah. guy. But he doesn't care about us, doesn't care about the fans because we have these two games against Zimbabwe. And oh, we'd like to watch like maybe a whole day's cricket, Aaron. <laughs> I'm going to win the toss and bowl first twice in a row. Wednesday yeah. afternoon ruined. There you go. He's not a good captain either. If he was a good captain, he would know that he had to bat first and give us at least a good, you know, three or four hours of, of good batting. Or at least if he's going to bowl first, he should, uh, you know, not put Stark on up front. He should, like, open the bowling with, like, Warner and himself for 10 overs and let Zimbabwe have get their eye in, get their footwork going in the first 10 overs. Yeah, and uh, something. Something. I mean, I said I made the point last week that I hope Australia. I said it should be a requirement of the games that it be written into the laws of these matches that Australia has to bat first, just to give everyone the entertainment. But in the fair dinkum department, Finch could actually argue that had Australia batted first in that first game, we might have lost the game. I mean, we only won it by five wickets as it was. I mean, it was a comfortable win in the end, but the pitch was probably a bit spicy earlier on. The second game, we bowled them out for ninety odd. Um, so, you know, they've got to take it seriously uh, as much as we wish they wouldn't. <laughs> well, they kind of do because they're also in like the ODI World Cup qualifying. They actually need to win these games to, to to technically make the World Cup. I mean, there's no real risk that they're not going to. But yeah, technically they have to win a, a proportion of games to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if if they if they lost, the criticism Menes would be <laughs> super mad. Menes would be coming at them if they lost. <laughs> I mean, surely for them though, it's a better run. Like they bat for fifty overs, everyone gets a hit. You know you. Hopefully you put up a big score and then Zimbabweans at least back. You know, it's a, they get a good run. You know, it's like they, they just wanted to get to Townsville Golf Club, you know, swing a few in the afternoon. Didn't care about us. Didn't care about us at all. Um, I would also exactly argue that in the game in the 90s, I had the exact same philosophy. Australia should always bat first. Yeah, exactly. big time. And that was playing England, right? India. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> yeah. I was at the SCD that time when we bowled England out for, what was it, 90-odd, and Gilchrist and Hayden got the runs in about seven overs. That was <laughs> the precursor to T20 cricket. But um, Yeah, and you I, paid that, for that match, right, Paul? You paid for that yes. slither of entertainment. Back when Monday cricket seemed to matter. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Australia have won the series against Zimbabwe. So let the World Cup squad, anything else you want to add? Uh, I'm done with that. Yeah. 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 Finch is going to... Yeah, it's good squad. We're going to win it easily, easily. Um, and then, uh, so in those two matches against Zimbabwe, pretty convincing performances. Smith scored runs. Finch failed twice. Um, but the bowlers really <laughs> did. <laughs> it feels like a, um, a, yes, anyway, fuck him. Um, so at the end of two matches, Mitchell Stark is on 199 um, test uh, one-day wickets and Josh Hazelwood 98 one-day wickets. So Yeah, they both should retire. What do they? Why do they need an extra wicket or so? That, that's mm. enough. 199. Yeah, and the leading wicket takers for Australia are Brett Lee and Glenn McGrath with 380 each. And I'll ask a trivia question now. Mitchell Stark on 199 is in sixth position. Who is in seventh position? And the clue is... Oh, I, clue, I have no idea. The clue is <laughs> when, you wouldn't expect Maxwell. him to be... No, that's a good guess. It's along those lines. He's a batter. Um, you wouldn't expect him to be that high up. Steve Waugh. Mark Waugh. Yeah, Steve Waugh. Steve Waugh. 195 one-day wickets. Pretty impressive. Wow. But he played about 1,000 ODIs as well. He did. He did 325. Um, so, But back in the day, uh, back in the 80s, um, he was in and off more, more so for his bowling than his batting. 
Yep. Yep. Well, that was when there were no T20s to get in the way. We should be adding together their wickets for T20s and ODIs to get a That's a good point, here, yeah. Right? That is a good point. Uh, so, yeah, any takeaways from the Zimbabwe series? You know, I was just so annoyed about it. I, we should yeah. always have a series in winter in Australia, up in, in Queensland somewhere, and they bloody well should tell us about it. We would have had a holiday, wouldn't we? We would have gone up there to watch it if we knew it was happening. It was a very secret series. Nobody knew. It snuck up on everybody. Mm, and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I think, But I think we should schedule one every single winter for sure, at least one, maybe two. It's a good point, though, like, it seems so often with sporting events that they don't, I don't, know, I don't consume like newspapers or mainstream news anymore. Like I once did. I'm kind of get, I'm on Twitter and everything else. Of all TikTok. people, my, yeah, I, I should be getting loads of sponsored tweets from, you know, cricket related telling me these things are on. It's like they try to same with the Socceroos game. Sometimes it's, Oh, I didn't realize we had a qualifier on last night. Jeez. They kept that secret. Um, I don't think they always, the, the marketing strategy matches the modern world. I think probably the Cricket Australia tweets and emails just go straight to my spam folder, to be honest. <laughs> it, I probably did get spammed with lots of publicity, but oh well. Yeah, look, it wasn't technically a secret series. Like, it's probably been on the CA app for about six months. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I like the winter series. I, I really do. I really do. Um, all right, so next big news this week is the Big Bash draft. And what's emerged is, which is really weird, the Cubs actually want to win the Big Bash. Like, it's so weird. Like, they're playing to win. It's it's a weird concept. Yeah, I don't like it. They they should be not, not playing to win. They should just be pl- playing to entertain the masses. That's the whole point of the Big Bash, right? And, and also, I think you're exaggerating, men, is because clearly the Renegades never play to win. Never. <laughs> they, they accidentally yeah. fell into it one year, but that was a that was a big accident. That was a good year. It was a great year. Yeah, but anyway, it was because the stars lost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think um, that. Uh, I may, maybe the solution is to say next time round, if they've got eight players that they want picked, then have a have a. I've called it a diamond round ahead of the platinum round where it's just eight players only and you have to get one of them. And maybe Cricket Australia pays the whole salary for them. And that way they could have had Bravo and Pollard and um, Faf and um, Russell and Roy um, in that as well. And, you know, Livingston, one or two others would have got picked. And that way, you, you know, you, you get the marketing job out of the way and then the diamond, the platinum round kicks in and they can then be um, clever and pick the, pick the smart players who are not necessarily the most marketable. Yeah, <clears throat> compulsory, compulsory first round. That's a good idea, I think. It mm. would have been really funny to see who got the very last marquee player. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that might have been. Oh, oh, we'll take Andre Russell then, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but it was really place... expensive, wasn't it, Menace? In the, in the second, if they'd gone for it as a second pick, it was a bit, bit expensive, I think, for most of the clubs. Yeah, like the CA was subsidising the first the platinum round, but not the the second round. Mm. So, uh, if you went for Russell in the second round, you ended up paying most of the salary. So, for those listening, Liam Livingston was the first ever draft pick. Um, there, uh, Trent Bolt went to the Stars, Sam Billings to the Heat, Chris Jordan to the Sixers, Rashid Khan to the Strikers, and um, that was where we saw a retention pick. I think Dizzy Gillespie mm. saying, "Tell him he's dreaming." Um, Laurie Evans went to the Scorchers, David Willey to the Thunder, and Shadab Khan to the Hurricanes. So that was the first round. 
No disrespect to David Willey, but can you imagine the marketing people at Cricket Australia the choice of marketing Andre Russell or Faf versus David Willey? (laughs) So, yeah, no Russell, no Pollard, no Faf Duplessis, no Dwayne Bravo or no Jason Roy. And I don't Mm. get it. I was watching Russell on the weekend in the 60 score, like 70 off 20 balls. Like Mm. no one hits the ball harder than him. Mm. But he, he can't be there for the whole tournament, right? So that's that's the logic of the the teams that he won't be there. I think for the it was whole nine tournament. or ten. He was there for nine or ten games, so it wasn't nothing. Right. Like, hmm. surely that's enough. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, injection. He's the most watchable player. I've never seen a batter like him. That, that you know, I've, I remember one IPL game where they needed eighty off twenty four balls. You know, mathematically verging on impossible. And I remember thinking, this is about an even money bet with him out there, and they. He got it to about the, the, he got out with about sixteen needed in the last over, and had he not got out, they probably would have won. Um, mm. He's not quite at that form anymore, but God, uh, you know, he makes Adam he makes Adam Gilchrist look like Jeff Boycott. <laughs> um, some yeah. other interesting picks: uh, James Vince went back to the Sixers. Colin de Grandhomme was picked up by the Strikers. Now this was interesting. New Zealand cricket were very surprised that de Grandhomme was even in the auction. Because uh, they thought he was going to be playing for New Zealand, and then like a day later, he retired. He just pulled yeah. his pin on his international career. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's the way to do it, though. Wait and see if you're picked up by a lucrative, uh, you know, short form international uh-huh. tournament, and then retire. Why not? Yeah, uh, and look, it's when you get to the third round of picks that I think this is probably where the marketing department at CA started to lose their <laughs> shit. <laughs> Renegades, Akhil Hussain, Stars, Luke Wood, The Heat, Ross Whiteley. Now, I haven't heard of I'm a, look, if I haven't heard of them, you're yeah. in trouble. The Sixers, Israel Hook Navid, The Strikers, Adam Hose, The Scorchers, Time or Mills. Well, there's a player, Thunder Riley Russo. And the Hurricanes, Fahim Ashraf. You're right, Menas. If you haven't heard of them, given that you have, have been watching on YouTube the Royal London One Day Cup, the the, the England 50 over tournament, uh, you know you haven't been sentenced to watch that. You've chosen to watch it. Yep. <laughs> the other night you sent it to Jaleesa and me. <laughs> A loop too, is it? Um, uh, Kenya versus someone? On Kenya YouTube? versus Nepal two nights ago. It was great. You sent it to Jalisha. I mean, this is a public service. This is on YouTube live now if you want to watch. So if you don't know it, um, that, that's a bit of a concern if you don't know the names of some of them. Someone from Nepal works at my cafe and I went in there the next day and said, I was, you know, watching your team play cricket last night. And he just looked at me with the blankest <laughs> face. <laughs> yeah. Um, so many, so many, you know, third string players from England, right? And, mm. and the commentators in this amazing television event going, well, Adam Hose, let's find out why they chose him. <laughs> uh, yeah, so availability won the night. The, 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 the clubs weirdly, as I said, want to win, so they want the players for the whole tournament and especially at the business end. I guess you two watched it on TV. What did you think of the event, so to speak? It was, um, I think, Mark Howard was running the floor and then you had, who did you have in studio? Was it Boof? And, um, oh, yeah, they were just random. Yeah, it was a buff. It might have been Hussey as well. Yeah, Hussey, yeah, Hussey was there. Oh, we we <laughs> yeah. tuned in halfway through because we forgot about it. So that's how excited we were. And then uh, you oh, run a cricket podcast. How can you forget about it? <laughs> oh, barely uh, run it. Well, actually, that's true. That's, you that's only talk about run. one topic per week. That's my only Usually. Part with this show. You just like, oh, we'll just talk it's about one short. thing this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what did you think of the event? What you saw of it? <clears throat> 
It was terrible. I mean, this have an option. It was the most boring television. It was just a bunch of administrator boffins chatting for 90 seconds. They took the the maximum amount of time to make their decision on someone. And we saw close-ups of them chatting with each other. And then they basically announced someone that nobody's ever heard of. It was the most boring television ever. I mean, they- give me the give me the bloody Brownlow medal or the, the you know, Michael makes the Parker Alan Border medal look like a great night, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, right. yeah. Yeah, like, and, and then they just go over and say, you know, what, what can you tell me about Adam Hose? And they go, oh, good middle order player. We wanted to round out. Our, and like they said the same thing about every player, like someone to round out our squad, good bloke. Yeah, it's, all, it's all really tiresome. I am not as critical of the event. Like obviously the results didn't go great, but I didn't mind the sport of it, like the, the sideline watching. Um, like I take your point, like some of the, some of the people working in the cricket clubs aren't made for broadcast television. That's, that's what I'm thinking. But that's not their fault. Like they're coaches and, uh, you know, number crunches and stuff. So that's not, it's not a criticism. It's a comment. It's going to come up. The thing is, yeah, that's right. I had low expectations of them, right? So, you yeah. know, it was really just the hosts. The auction is great. The IPL auction is great. That's really entertaining. I really enjoy that every mm. year. So I think they could definitely improve on that, right, Paul? I agree. Uh, I like Ponting's suggestion bringing the Aussies in there, but I also think they kept on talking about, oh, these guys with all the scenarios and permutations that they would have gone through. They, they're implying that there's like, you know, 150 hours of work per person and that there's this massive computer that they've designed. I, I bet you they just wound up on the day and just gone, well, what do you reckon? Get this guy. If he's not available, we'll get that guy. They, it would have been five minutes. I reckon they overstate the analytical sophistication of cricket so much. You know what some yeah. of the idiots did? They were like talking to AFL coaches about how they run their draft. I mean, if that's not a waste of time, what's an <laughs> AFL coach going to tell you about the big bats draft? I mean, give me a break. Um, <laughs> some other things to come out of the big bash in the last week. Cameron Green has signed with the Scorchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that well, that's what I wanted to say. He should be in the he should be in the World Cup squad. He's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, I won't I won't belabor the point, but um, but I, I would have got him in there. Yeah, um, but but sorry, back to your other point, Paul. I agree, Ponting's suggestion. If the draft had all the Aussie players in there, like can you imagine like Maxwell's picked by the Sixers and then the Stars, you know, use a retention pick and then the glaring of the two clubs. I'd love it. <laughs> yeah. Drama. Yeah, and they could have lined up the actual players to to cross to them somewhere at home on their iPhone or whatever. That would have been good too. You know, let's go to Faf. What do you think about not being there? <laughs> I bet yeah. Faf was waiting there. They had Rashid Khan ready to ready to speak, and I, I guarantee that Faf was waiting on the end of a phone and then just silently hung it up. And <laughs> Andre Russell sitting on a beach somewhere, like, what's going on? No one's calling. <laughs> Maybe they should just go the full mimic, mimicking of the IPL and. Just- just make it an auction. I know you probably have to privatise the clubs, but um, that would certainly become an event. Mm. Yeah. Um, th- w- would the Scorchers players play outside of their state, though, for other clubs? <laughs> they don't travel very well. Um, other news. Um, so that um, leg spinner that the Sixers have picked is only 18, I think, or very young. Wow. And he, he's a net. He was a net bowler for RCB in the IPL. So that is really a left field pick. Um, but the smoking gun out of all this appears to be the disgruntled, you know, poor Aussie players like Steve Smith struggling to put a dime together who are <laughs> unhappy about the the money being thrown at all these stars. I mean, I guess, Dan, start with you. Do you think they have a legitimate complaint that 
Australian players are getting looked over. No, I don't. I, I would very much like to see uh, all the Australian players go off to play in South Africa and the UAE and just the, the Big Bash be all international players. Nothing else. Just get them all in there, play them all. I, I think that would be great. <laughs> like the Sixers are playing in South Africa. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Kat? Yeah, I, I, I think it would be good to have you know the Australian players as part of the draft. That would definitely make it more interesting. And and they they should have them all just standing there on stage until they're picked too, like a mm. schoolyard pick. You know, mm. poor Steve Smith. Wait, it, it'll be Steve Smith left there. No one's picked him. He's still standing <laughs> there on the stage all by himself. So I think they should do that. They should definitely should have them all in a room together somehow. But do you think they should be paid the same? Yeah. I think he's probably got a point. Um, And I think maybe next year that when the new deal comes, they will get paid more. But although I think he's got a point of all the issues that I'm going to march on parliament house on, this is probably not towards the top of the list. Yeah. They got enough money. (laughs) I do like the idea of a draft and Steve Smith not being picked and then Marnus just over whispering in, come on, pick pick smudge, pick smudge. And they're like, no, no, shut up. Marnus consoling him, you know, he's a a toasted sandwich. Yeah. Um, all right, so that's the Big Bash draft picks. Congratulations to, um, you know, Luke Wood and Liam Ross Whiteley and mm. um, Phil yeah. Salt, someone. Colin de Grandhom really thrilled Bob. about you coming this summer. Bob Smith. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so next bit of cricket news. I heard, I heard a, a, a term I had not used before. Have either of you heard of the term night hawk? Yes, very yes. excited about the Nighthawk. What do you, so do, I'll explain it then because Dan left me hanging, but whatever. Um, so <laughs> the, the Nighthawk is the antithesis of the Night Watchman. So you're coming up to stumps and instead of sending out, you know, a blocker like a Nathan Lyon to survive until the end, you send out a dasher and mm. just go, they go and slog for the last 20 minutes um, while, the you know, just take advantage of the end of the day. Yeah, big fan. This is pure baseball. This is uh, Stuart Broad is the the nominated Nighthawk. We're yet to actually see him in the role, but we're all breathlessly waiting in anticipation. It's it's going to happen. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, I love it as well. And um, I love because it, it, Agas was talking about it. And he's like bamboozled by the idea. And I just know that Ian Chapel, when he hears about it, will be fuming. And I like Ian Chapel. But one of my favourite things is anytime there's a mucking around with a batting order because he's like, you know, you got an order. You, you stick you, the day you put bowlers in front of batters, then that's a problem. So I just like the fact that Chapelli will be fuming. Um, oh, plus, it's, it's got some strategic idea. In a low scoring game, um, if Broad went out and smacked a few, and if you got out first ball, so be it. But if you, if you did crack 20 or 30, it would have been pretty handy in the context of that game. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, when Steve Waugh um, was captain of the Australian side, he did change this notion about, you know, batting out the last half an hour until stumps. He was saying, you know, why do that when the opposition's tired? Um, you know, you should take advantage of it. Ironically, he would normally just block out. So he was be <laughs> not out at the end of the day, preserve his average. But yeah, it's not, yeah, it's... I also player. like the idea that you might send Nathan Lyon out as the night watchman normally, but you tell him he's a night hawk. It could change the way he plays. We're not sending you both. out as a night watchman. We're sending you out as a night hawk today, Nathan. I think it should be a cartoon or like a, a television series. Um, I, mean, I think night hawk could be like a, a Marvel character, you know. I think like, it already is a Marvel character, right? Yeah, it's something else. It's a character in the Raymond D. Feist universe, I think. 
I mean, yeah. um, Magician, if anyone's read those, Darkness at Sethron sort of books. I, um, I did read those about 30 years ago. So did I, yeah. <laughs> but I, I just... They walk out like, with a cape over them yeah. and just throw the cape off as they enter the field. You know, the psychological damage would be already done. Like you, The bowlers would be on the back foot. Yeah, I love um, Steve War's notion of that. You might as well go out on the night and, you know, you might be 12 not out at the end and that's your 12 runs, 12 runs closer to a decent score. I've actually conducted fantasy interviews in the shower with myself, having done that, gone out and scored 12 not out and then got 100 the next day and explained why I was so happy to do it. It's never happened, but um, <laughs> it gives me a lot of pleasure. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, the next um, cricket headline, a, a win for cricket fans. Mitchell Johnson has been forced out of the ABC commentary <laughs> box due to his affiliation with a gambling company. Um, I, he I don't that bad. Come on. Was he that bad as a commentator? He was pretty bad, wasn't he? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I want to know what odds you would have got for him leaving. Yeah, you did a great bet on that. Great commentating. I'm pretty hear you than Mitch. Um, no, I think that he, Johnson is. Um, he's not. A, he's not the worst commentator, but he's closer to the worst than the best. And mm. he's just not a natural broadcaster. He was a natural fast bowler. It'd be very unusual for someone to be a stratospherically gifted fast bowler and a stratospherically gifted commentator. What, what are the odds of that? It's just not going to happen. So there's no disgrace in not being a fantastic commentator. Um, but in the same way that Jim Maxwell's never been thrown the new ball for Australia, I don't think that he should have been in the commentary box. I think he'll be picked up by, I mean, there's plenty of commercial commentary uh, places that he'll be picked up by. The ABC lets him go. I'm pretty sure someone else will pick him up. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him again. And there'll be I plenty don't... of gambling ads in most of yeah, yeah. those places that likes gambling ads will pick him up for sure. Which is, is everywhere in Australia except the ABC. Now, what I don't get is if you're a freelancer, like I don't, like I can understand if you're an ABC employee, you can't be doing side mm. deals. But if you're just a freelancer who commentates, you know, a few days a year, mm. it feels a bit weird that ABC would like, well, you can't earn money i, I just I, I don't like that and I, I i get where they're coming from but I, I just think if a freelance is working like as i said a few days a year how you know what does it matter how they make a living outside of that if it's as long as it's legal of course mm. yeah mm. yeah to some degree i think you're probably right yeah um yeah well i, I just want to see jim maxwell open the bowling for australia now <laughs> I've put a bet on him uh, already. <laughs> All right, the next. So this is a direct shot at the Final Word podcast. You know, they, <laughs> Adam oh, Collins, God, we didn't sign up for that. <laughs> Adam Collins, Adam Collins, that snob said two nights ago, we are not covering the 60. Well, I'm going to say to you right here, we are not too good for the 60 on Cricket Unfiltered. We will cover it. Yes, yeah. I'm going to tell you that... Um, the St. Kitts and Nevis Patriots won. Chris Gale was their skipper, so he won another tournament. Um, now, this is what I wanted to ask you, Captain Dan. You often talk about on your show the multiple retirements of players. So Chris Gale <laughs> announced his retirement from T20 cricket, and now he's specialising in T10 cricket. So now we've got people who are going to announce their retirement from Test cricket, one-day cricket, international T20 cricket, domestic T20 cricket, and that's not including red ball cricket. It could be like domestic mm. first-class cricket. Now there's a new category, 60-ball cricket. Yeah, well, I mean, this entire format was created for Chris Gale. It's the only length he can cope with. So it, why wouldn't he be involved in it? And as soon as he gets 
you know, more decrepit, they'll invent another format that's a bit shorter that he's able to participate in. So I, I'm no question at all that this is why this particular tournament was was created. And good luck to uh, Chris Gale playing in this. We've talked about the 60 every single podcast, haven't we, Dan? Yeah, I think so. We can't, we can't shut up about it. Yeah. My, We're 60 maniacs. Like, turn his <laughs> nose up on it, but... Yes, and that um, 60 segment was brought to you by the TAB is what I'd love to be able to say, but unfortunately we're not sponsored by a sports betting company, but one day maybe. And <laughs> I've never put a bet on the 60 yet. but um, <laughs> I actually watched some of the 60 and I really loved it. Did you vote really on it? it? Did you vote on it with the app? You know the app let you get a, I don't know what, you got a free hit or something. I would love that. You could vote on which ball would be like the uh, free hit. Double, yeah. I mean, imagine they did that at the Big Bash. They got the X Factor. Oh, imagine like KFC <laughs> voting thing. I, I mean, I'm. Need to well, wasn't the girl the girl who got uh, three wickets in two balls? We, we that was that in the sixty. Yep. We, we yeah. genuinely thought, well, maybe this was a new rule. Maybe they voted <laughs> yeah. an extra ball. Who knows? Like the the rules were fantastic. Yeah. So you did you talk about on that your show where she took a I wicket? Yeah, wicket off, wicket, wicket, wicket off a wide, fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Three wickets off two yeah. balls. The, the hat trick ball was a wide, and she got the stumping. Everything about that is perfect. I don't know what the batter was doing out of their crease on the hat trick ball. But I love what you said, Dan. That, we know what the batter was doing. Sometimes those batters come in and they haven't watched the previous two deliveries. We know that's true too. Three in a row on three wides would be the ideal. The hat trick off zero balls. That's yeah. the dream. That's the stats dream. <laughs> So I actually, and look, you know, the final word podcast will never get to talk about that because they're just yeah, not well, covering yeah. this stuff. This format. Not good enough. Not good enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the they, they can stick. To, well, I'm not sorry. I'll just stop right there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the sixty. Yeah. Um, I actually love the concept of, the, and I said it last week of the carnival weekend, and now what's the CPL and the women's CPL have just started. So the first ever women's CPL, great game today. I watched a, a, a one-run win to Barbados this morning in the women's CPL. But um, I like that carnival launch. Like that could work for the big bash, you know. Oh, look, he's Luke Wood bowling to Ross Whiteley. And then in the 60, you know. Yeah. The, anyway, I just think it would be a good way to launch the summer. <laughs> yeah, but you'd want it in New South Wales, wouldn't you? And, and really, you probably need to launch in a carnival style somewhere in Queensland where it's a bit warmer because the, the season always starts in the freezing cold in Victoria for sure and sometimes in New South Wales as well. So, yeah, carnival style, somewhere nice yeah. on the Gold Coast. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's my plan. The CPL started. I saw Cam, uh, Chris Green, not Cameron Green, playing um, the team over there. Uh, so keep an eye on that one. And now it is um, – and, and, look, I, I should say we've got two film experts here. So when Kat and Dan aren't consuming cricket, they also do a podcast <laughs> about Alfred Hitchcock film. So um, what's it called? Uh, Hitchpod. Yes. Um, so, and we're not you know, film experts. We are we're experts in Alfred Hitchcock, but we, we really know nothing about any other type of film. <laughs> we, we got, we got a, a, some correspondence. I know, actually, I got some correspondence about The Lady Vanishes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of cricket in that 1930s Hitchcock film. So I watched it. It's on Amazon Prime. Fantastic. Some great cricket references. Yeah, mm. it's really great. And that, that was a real test. Like the, the references were for an actual test that was rained out. Spoiler. Have you seen it, Paul? No, but when you sent it, you sent it through to me. I think I read up on it at the time and 
because it's over a year ago now and my, my memory no longer exists, I've forgotten everything, but I did enjoy reading about it. <laughs> you should watch it. It's funny. Uh, anyway, so in that note, uh, we've got a film review segment. Um, and I don't know. So Paul hasn't seen the Stokes documentary. I have to, I'm going I'm to dip out here because I, I, I want to already, I respect you so much, Menas, and this is a spoiler coming up, that Menas sent a meh about the, the Stokes documentary. And I'm like, oh, I wish he hadn't sent that because I want to watch it. And I want to enjoy it. We're often quite similar in our opinions, often different as well. So I don't want any further spoilers. So just give me a wave when you stop talking about it and I'll put my headphones back on, literally. <laughs> I'm not going to wave at all for the rest of the show. No, yeah, now we're just going to talk about Paul. We're just going to talk about Paul now, aren't we, while his headphones are what not on? Oh, don't spoil it for me. I mean, Jesus, you have a fucking eye horse. Uh, have you two seen it? No. Okay, so look, I, we I'm, don't I'm care about spoilers. There's a few big spoilers. I don't want to like, but you know, no, no, England go ahead wins. with the spoilers. England wins the 2019, wins World, 2019 World Cup. They oh, win yeah. it headingly. Yeah, we saw Stokes, that. One. Stokes punched someone in Bristol, Bristol, but yeah. now he's a gay rights activist. Anyway, look, I just want to uh, talk Is about. Is that the it. guy he punched or him? Well, if you believe the film, it's Ben Stokes. So uh-huh. um, I'm going to give my mark out of ten. And then give my reasons for it, and mm. then we'll continue with that, Paul. Um, so, out of ten, I'm giving Phoenix from the Ashes four out of ten. Oh, miserly four out of ten. Now, when I rated the test, one of the producers of the test wrote to me the next day about my ranking. So, I'm hoping I don't get anything from. Oh, what did Sam you give Mendes, the test? Like six out of ten. Um, oh, yeah. So, so look, I, my so problem with this. So, so it's only two thirds as good as the test, right? Yes, and, and and because none, no one else has seen this, and admittedly, I didn't prep anyone or tell them to watch mm. it, listeners. They haven't dropped the ball as usual. Um, I'm talking about Paul, not you two. Um, <laughs> he thinks so, Paul thinks we're finished. I'm not finished. I'm not finished. He's just yeah, talking so with four, his hands. So four out of ten. Suck. It's okay. Like. Yeah, you know, the cricket stuff's good, but it, it just it frames Ben Stokes in a certain way I'm not comfortable with. And I, I felt the mental health stuff was overplayed. Um mm. so yeah, I, I just didn't like the tone of it. It was very much feel trying to get gain sympathy for Stokes, which I, I don't yeah, go and watch it and then I'll ask you on the show again and I'll get where, where do you watch it? What what's it? Is it's it on, on Amazon, Amazon Prime? Yes, yeah, yeah. on Amazon Prime where the lady vanished it is. is. So mm. for those out there, just sign up for a free month's trial, watch that stuff, watch the test. And then Yeah, bang. there's lots of cricket content. There's Ben Stokes mm. and the Lady Vanishes. Yeah. So four yeah. out of ten for the Ben Stokes. Um, Nine out of ten for the Lady Vanishes. Yes, definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, Paul, you can come back now. We'll do can't let it go. Here he comes. Hello. All right, you did miss one spoiler. England win the 2019 World Cup. <laughs> what did you say? England can't win this World Cup? No, they win the 2019 World Cup. I didn't want to spoil Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, humour. Humour. All right. Cat, <laughs> Dan, can you save us, please? No, can't You're save you. You're on your own. <laughs> right, any other cricket news you two want to talk about before we get to Can't Let It Go? Well, this is the fourth podcast I've done this week, so I think I'm, I'm all talked out on the – well, Great. not all of those Great podcasts guess. from that cricket, but um, – Great guess. I'm talked out about it. Let's see. Let's see. No, I think, we're, I think we're okay. I think we've covered everything that's happened this week, Menace. You've mm. done very well. Yeah. Yeah, all good. All right. Well, let's wrap this up with Can't Let It Go, which is that little bit of cricket news you just can't let go of. Dan, take it away. 
Uh, well, what I, I, I can't let go the fact that uh, Steve Smith has uh, created a new level of weirdness now uh, by just shaking hands with everybody when they take the wicket. He doesn't high five, he doesn't hug, he doesn't cheer, he doesn't jump. He just walks over, gives them a perfectly stern, hearty handshake as if he's like a foreign diplomat welcoming a visitor to the country. <laughs> it's, uh, it's wonderful. I, I love it. I love how weird he is. Mm. And this is just a whole new level of weirdness from Steve Smith. Mm. Yeah, I was trying to work that out when I was watching, whether it's like an in-joke or something. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I think it's an in-joke in Steve Smith's mind. and He's the other one, you know. So, Kat, what's your can't let it go? I, I know you're such an avid listener to this this show that, you know, you've been saving one up for it. I, I need to make sure I don't cover old ground that you've already covered before. But uh, this one, I mean, a lot of people will disagree with me about this one. So it's the best kind of can't let it go because you should never have an uncontroversial uh, one. But in the last, before the last ODI, Glenn Maxwell was saying, you know, oh, the Australian culture is much better now. It's weird how when you're normal to people, you can make friends with them and you don't sledge your opposition and blah, blah, blah. So he was acknowledging how much better the culture was when you don't sledge people. And I reckon it was, I reckon it was five or six years ago that I first went, how backward is cricket? They're all still bullying each other. No other workplace would be allowed to do this. It, it is absolutely outrageous that any kind of sledging or bullying is permitted in this game. And it doesn't mean you're tough and it doesn't mean you have to pussy up or whatever. Like it's just absolutely outrageous that they're allowed to sledge each other. Totally disagree with it. Can't let it go. And that is my total opinion on the matter. Agree with you 100%. 100%. Um, I've been saying that for, for ages, and Menace has always said, no, nah, it's fantastic. And finally, even Menace has come around and realized that it's, um, it's infantile, it's boorish, it's counterproductive, it's idiotic, and everything you said, Kat, 100%. He's shaking How many tests have you played, Kat? How, how much? <laughs> <laughs> um, I know it must be frustrating you... to be out there and not be allowed to sledge each other. Imagine that. <laughs> So I'm with um, Maxwell on this. I'm totally with Glenn Maxwell. Uh, yes. He's got a new high horse right at the end there, Kat. I like it. I like it. <laughs> well, you must love Pat Cummins' new team then. They're just love so it. nice there. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. So, Paul, you can't let it go? It's also, it's, it's, I've always said as well, like, Roger Federer plays with grace and look where it's got him. Um, you know, um, Pat Cummins has played with grace and look where it's got him. And then... Apart from anything else, the one argument against it was always, oh, if we don't play with Mungle, we don't win. Well, how did that work in South Africa when you dropped the ball on A.B. de Villiers' head and he went from not really caring to suddenly batting like Bradman? It's um, Anyway. And, and, and on, that, on that same thing, I mean, the women don't sledge. They seem to be winning yes. an awful lot of things. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, I'm just so happy that someone's as um, enthused about it as I am. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I've now got a very uncontroversial can't let it go. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's almost exactly 50 years since the first Ashes broadcast from England into Australia. And I just think that's really nice. It was the 16th of August, 1972. So I missed it by a couple of weeks. The uh, technology existed in the 1968 Ashes, but they didn't, they didn't bother. And they didn't bother for any day of the 1972 Ashes until the final day ABC realised Australia only needed about 120 to win. And they thought, well, we can't be up for too much money because it won't go for too long. And uh, Rod Marsh and uh, Paul Sheehan got Australia home to draw the series to all. And so if you were sitting at home, it went live in black and white television for the first time ever via satellite cricket into Australia. And the interesting thing is that uh, three years later when they had the Ashes again, strangely enough, in England, uh, ABC showed a little bit of it, but 
they'd frustratingly cut off at midnight. I was looking, I've looked at all the TV guys because I'm such a winner, and they um they'd sometimes come back from the for the second session, show 20 minutes of it, then cut it off at midnight, which must have been so frustrating. And then a little known fact: Kerry Packer, ahead of the 1977 Ashes, just before the whole World Series cricket kicked off, actually got the rights because he realised. This is going into prime time for several hours. I can show an ad after every over. He must have made a fortune. So the 77 Ashes were shown in full um, by Channel 9 rather than ABC. So I went on a bit of a, a spiel there. But um, 50 years, I can't believe it. Mm. <laughs> it was made. Um, oh, no, it's great stuff, Paul. Uh, so my can't let it go is, uh, is just a very simple one. You know, I think we should really appreciate Matthew Wade while we've still got him. Um, i got yeah. a... I got up, I think, what day was it? I think Wednesday morning at like 5 a.m., you know, and I turned on the telly. I used to, now I turn on the cricket as soon as I get up, whether it's four or five in the morning. And Matthew Wade was on fire for the Birmingham Phoenix. And he, he, oh, wow. he smashed 82 off about 40 balls, uh, finished the tournament on a high. And I just think, you know, the little general, um, he'll be gone from Australian cricket probably at the end of this summer, but. You know, just just appreciate the time we've got with him left. Yes, I love Matty Wade. He's one of my favourite players of all time. I have no question. I love him as a keeper. Loved him as a keeper for Australia. Love him when he's playing for the Hurricanes. Love him everywhere he plays. So I totally agree with you, Minnis. Mm, he's a big. If you got to be on fire somewhere, you want to be on fire with the Phoenix, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Definitely. Someone uh, in the in the mid nineties said to me how. We should appreciate Michael Jordan because w- when he's gone, we'll miss him. And I think, you know, as much as Matthew Wade's a good player, it's it's that sort of level. I'm not sure that we're going to miss him that much, even though he's a very good player. Very- I'm going to miss him. <laughs> I'm really going to miss him. And I'm going to miss Michael, uh, miss uh, Matty Wade being compared to Michael Jordan. I think that's, <laughs> that's a wonderful metaphor there. Uh, well, that was Can't Let It Go. And we're coming to the end of Cricket Unfiltered. Um, so, do you, Dan, really, do you guys really think of a Can't Let It Go every single episode? I mean, you must have a lot of soapbox issues if you've got a fresh one every episode. The reason we do is that any guest who comes on or any regular host who doesn't, men is absolutely, um, the, the, <laughs> he doesn't take it well. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we, we work hard on this podcast, Kat. Yeah. <laughs> so, Dan, so, Dan, I'll tell you about a little thing that happened to me recently. You know, I get this message from someone who shall remain nameless. Um, I'm reading this bloody cricket book, and this guy's got the number one Australian cricketer of all time, and who do you think it is? And he was like, who do you think it is? Question mark, a thousand question marks. And I write back, oh, I don't know. Like, I kind of knew what was going on. So I'm like, chain on, because... <laughs> I knew the book. And he's like, no, can you believe it? This guy's picked Elise Perry. So, <laughs> so this is the 50 greatest Australian cricketers, yeah? Of the last 50 I mean, years, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, I mean, the last 50 years. Yeah. Cat, the cat, yeah. The cat, the cat, I've always got to stand up for Bradman. Yeah, the yeah, there's not enough people stand up for Bradman. You've got to stand up. <laughs> Very true. Um, he's underrated. <laughs> yeah, so, so – so, Kat, I know it's a spoiler, but the book's been out for months. I mean, years. The six people that have read it, you know, okay, yeah. fine. Oh. I know the finish. Um, now, what's coming though, Dan? What's in the pipeline? Have you got something else controversial? Because actually, you know, you're writing, I really enjoy it. So, what have you got coming up? 
So my next book will be out in a couple of months, I think, uh, end of October, uh, just in time for Christmas and all those good things. Uh, then the next one's a countdown of the 10 best Australian World Cup wins. Uh, so that includes men and women. It includes T20 championships, uh, World Cups, uh, the, well, theoretically the Test Championship, but we didn't win that one, so that, that's out. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, all, all, all the things that Australia could have won over the years. Um, and, uh, of course, Australia is the only country for whom such a book could be written. That's the thing. That's such a flex in the title. Like, it's it just is. so, it's to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's the, what's something the like 22 or something to... 22, uh, yeah. there you go. Wow. Well, if you count the Commonwealth Games, which I forgot about, um, but uh, the book was already off to the prints before then, they wouldn't have made it. They cruised too easily. Um, but yeah. Make sure, I, hope, I hope that the winner is the um, the Women's World Cup of 2019 that is the... Um, 29, I've got the... Yeah. Um, or 2020. Yeah, 2020. Um, 2020 World Cup. Yeah, in front of 86,000. Just to um, just to upset our our, our, our friend who was upset by the... Let's hope he puts a lot of question marks in his next... Uh, and, and let's hope you get a question from him every week, Minnis. Yeah. Yes. No, no, no spoilers, uh, but uh, yeah, you'll have to find a book to see uh, where that one ranked. Yeah, I hope yeah. someone gives that guy the book for Christmas too. <laughs> the, the new book? Because I think he got the old book for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, the new book. It'll yeah, be the same well, person who gives the new book as well. So where's the best place for people to go, Dan, to find your stuff? Uh, well, you can go to my website, liebcricket.com, L-I-E-B cricket.com. Uh, there's a store section there, so you can buy autographed versions of the various books or, um, yeah, you can you know, buy all kinds of things there or you can just read my writing, get links to podcasts that I do with uh, Kat over there. Great. Yeah. yeah. And uh, – yeah, Hitchpod, yeah, everything. So that, that's basically where you find all my cricket stuff, liebcricket.com. Great. Um, Kat, what are you working on? Do you want to plug anything? I don't think I'm working on anything other than uh, the Can't Bowl, Can't Throw podcast. Uh, well, I am, I have... it's, like, it's not even 20 minutes a week. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> we keep it nice and snappy. People like short podcasts these days, so anything under an hour is good. But uh, we, I also, I've also been doing some commentary. So I've been commentating with Gorilla Cricket, who are from the UK, and that's really good fun because that's fast and loose, and there's uh, it's fun commentating on the English cricket, which has been going on at the moment. The series. Well, there was one game versus India. There was a series currently going on versus South Africa, and that was all good fun. So, How do you so stay awake? Good. Well, I, I I agree to commentate the first session, so it's kind of, okay. you know, 8 from 10.30 or something like that. Uh, yeah. She's in high demand, so she gets to, you know, flex her muscles and just choose her own stints. Yeah, that's fun. But I'm also commentating like you are, I think, men is uh, with with uh, some of the Cricket Australia commentary this summer, hopefully. Yeah. So that's uh, that's all that's going on, and there's a lot of women's games coming up in the uh, WNCL. So that's that's really fantastic. That's going to be really great to watch, and starting pretty soon. Definitely. Um, have you been in touch with Dennis? Do we know what's happening with him? I think he's safe and well. Safe and well. In hiding he posts, somewhere. He posts on LinkedIn about it. Day, day job and uh, I think he's back on Twitter. He's, he left Twitter for some time but he's mm, back he on is. Twitter now so you can find him there if you need to. Yeah, you can find him there and mute him. It's, uh... yep. <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on with him because I do have him muted I think. But the Last thing I saw there was a photo of him and Imran Khan so that's a big yeah. Really? I think that's an old photo. Yeah, Photoshop. Yeah. Um, no, no, right, I think well, he met him. I, I just... Uh, I well, just... He definitely met him. He went and had dinner with him at his house. Mm, so wow. yeah. Wow. Oh, good fun. And then Kim Rankar was sacked. 
<laughs> That's what happens when you work with Dennis. <laughs> so your nine-year anniversary will be coming up pretty soon then for Can't Bowl, Can't Throw, pretty soon. I guess so, I guess yeah. So. yeah. Does that mean your yeah. nine-year anniversary is coming up as well for this? No, podcast? we've already had it because as, oh. as I've established, we I won the race. It. I won the race. Yeah. Um, just as to classic manners, it sounded like he was congratulating you. He was just subtly reminding you that his was longer. All <laughs> <laughs> involved from the start, Menace. Who was in your first first <clears throat> podcast? Uh, I had a guy called James Mc, no, James McSmith was my co-host, Macca. Uh-huh. And then um, a lot of people came in, Gav and Joe and all sorts. Paul Kiwi Bob. Back. Kiwi Bob, guys. <laughs> You've gone through them, Menace. You've gone yes, through absolutely. them. Absolutely. And then Paul came in just after the 2015 World Cup, I think, because – uh, again, yeah. seven years ago, we were still bitching about Aaron Finch. <laughs> hasn't changed. Yeah. All right. Well, it's 55 minutes. So I'm going to wrap this up because Kat said you've got to be under an hour. So yeah. I'll listen yeah. to our guest. Uh, well, Dan, thanks for joining us. Um, no, thank Cricket. you for having us. Um, go and find, check out his stuff. Kat, I mean, uh, so good you could finally come on. Uh, yes. You two must have the best time together watching cricket and talking cricket. And, yep. you know, yep. like Paul, Paul and I like living fear of our wives the whole time. Like we you know, <laughs> sneak cricket on small screens and we're like, I'm just going to the bathroom. And like, it watching, sounds like you're watching it all day, every day, Menace. <laughs> yes, I know. That's the problem. That's the problem. He's in the toilet a lot. He's in the toilet yes. all the What's time. What's he doing? Yeah. Um, anyway, so thank you for joining us. It was great to talk to you. Yeah, thanks, guys. It's been really good. It's yeah, been Paul, fun. Thank, thank you. you. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back next week. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving. At your desk. Maybe at the gym. But you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.